Welcome to the RCF podcast. I'm here today with Jim Menzies. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church of Hope Valley here in Rhode Island. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. Jim, I know you've been a pastor for a long time. What is it, 30? 35, we'll say. Yeah, 35, <laughs> 35 years. plus years. Yeah. What discipline has been most useful for you? What What has been helpful? Something that you could share for younger people, for college students. In prior conversations, you said the wisdom of looking ahead. And I thought that is pretty valuable because as a college student, we may be looking ahead, but not very far, right? Yeah. So share with us, why is that so important? Well, again, Matt, thank you for having me here today, and I looked forward to this conversation. When you asked me that question, that discipline came to mind for the very reasons that you stated. I thought for, not just for college-aged students, but for any aged individual, there is great wisdom in looking ahead. I mean, to, to start us off with a scripture, which is always the place to start, uh, I, I think about the passage in Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 15, and the whole verse reads like this, the naive believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. And really, it's just the second half of that verse that I'm focusing in on right now. The prudent man considers his steps, or as the ESV, that's the New American Standard, the ESV translates it, the prudent man gives thought to his steps. There's something in looking ahead and thinking about where I want to go next that the Bible seems to refer to as wisdom. And so, you know, I don't know what the general age group is of of your audience, but just thinking back on my life, uh, as, as a kid, I didn't think that far ahead. I kind of lived in the moment. And then you kind of roll through the teenage years where immediacy is really the way to live. Mm-hmm. Then you start to slow down a little bit. I certainly did. And as you gather more responsibilities, I think of a, a, a full-time job. I think of marriage. I think of children. If you're still living in the moment, from what I've seen, uh, a lot of them crash and burn in the moment. They're, they're not, in the words of Proverbs, they're not considering, they're not giving thought to their steps. You know, somebody once said that wisdom is the anticipation of consequences. And I, I, think, I think that saying in and of itself is wise. Mm-hmm. There's something about thinking, where is this going to take me? Mm-hmm. And so what I've tried to do, and listen, I'm not setting myself up as any paradigm of, of how to do this, but what I've tried to do, and I think I honestly have done it more the older I get, is to try to look at people, and I tend to use the range of about 10 years. I try to look at people who are about 10 years older than me just to see what they're like, get to know them, get to know their interests, get to know their background, get to know what they're looking forward to doing, uh, seeing what they've accomplished, how they've accomplished it, specifically looking at how they've suffered. Uh, especially mm. as they get older. The kids in their teens and 20s, they haven't, some of them have suffered horribly. But by and large, the friends I had hadn't suffered a whole lot. They were mm-hmm. healthy and, you know, doing average things. Hence the reason why we just kind of live it up. If we've not suffered, if we've not been through difficult times, why think about the future? Yeah. Why not live for today? Exactly. So this is an, an indictment on the average lifestyle of most people. Mm-hmm. This You're exactly right, Matt. This is how we all live. I'm just saying that 
if you're out there living that way now, this is something that you may not hear from anywhere else, and you might want to think about it. If you're 22, who do you know that's 32, and what are they like, and do you want to be like them? And I'm not talking about that they're successful or their job or anything. I mean, just what kind of person are they? What kind of character do they have? Have they suffered to go back to that one? What have they accomplished? Maybe more importantly, how have they accomplished it? Did they do it in a biblical kind of way? Or this, this term that's so prevalent now, life hacks, are they looking to hack their way you know, into godliness? Mm-hmm. I would say you probably can't do that. Mm-hmm. Paul says, what is it in 2 Timothy? Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Mm-hmm. That's a key principle that kind of ties in with this one, is that discipline is necessary, it seems to me, seems to be the way I read the Bible, discipline is necessary to achieve godliness. But you've got to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So that's why I do this, is because I want to get to know God better, and I I want to be more like Christ. But what I just said is looking ahead. That's what I want to do. And I hope I've made progress in these 69 years, but I still feel I'm a long ways off to being Christ-like. So I guess if I had one kernel of, of advice, it would be try to look ahead. We make much, and rightly so, of the Bible and in emulating the lives of the people we see in the Bible, especially the godly people, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, of course, Jesus, Paul, Peter, and avoiding the lives of the Judases in the Bible and, you know, all the kings in the yeah. Old Testament. And, and so we've got, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, as Hebrews talks about it. We've got all these examples, and they're great examples, and I, I teach about them, you know, every week. But there's something about seeing a Judas in real life, having Judas as a one-time friend and watching him turn on you. You won't forget that. That hurts. When he rips you off or turns on you and betrays you, that's a lesson learned. Mm. What was the old Johnny Cash song? You know, Mother Nature's quite a lady, but you're the one I need. Flesh and blood needs flesh and blood, and you're the one I need. I won't sing it, but uh, <laughs> but there's something about that. Flesh and blood needs flesh and blood. And, and so there is something, I think, to be said for not real-life examples, but real-life experiences mm-hmm. of, of having— I, I, I won't tell these stories, but I can think of so many people throughout my life. I mean, I was very fortunate in that I was able to pastor my home church for about 30 years. So— All the people who were my babysitter, my deacon, my Sunday school teacher, the guy that I worked for in the sand and gravel business, all these people that were my neighbors and friends suddenly became what we would call my parishioners. They were now my church. And so now I was essentially teaching them what they had been teaching me all along. So it was kind of a unique situation. I've had a blessed life in in that sense. Uh, God has been very, very kind to me like that. But when I got up to speak, I could not only teach about Nehemiah, but I could also think about this guy, who I I won't name any names, but I could think about this guy who did that. He showed that courage or that Mm. creativity or that wisdom. And I was there. He showed it to me. Or he showed me, by rebuking me, he showed me something that Jesus did to Peter. So I got to see it fleshed out. And without going off track here, this is the importance of the local church. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people living out biblical principles every week. And so it's like the Bible in real life. 
but you've got to know the Bible or be familiar with it, and you've got to be around people. So this is kind of a long way around. I realize that. So just to circle back to your original question, the wise man or the prudent man considers his steps. Wisdom consists in anticipating consequences. So whatever age you're at now, you know, you're going to live in the moment. You can't do anything but live in the moment. That's inevitable. But while you're living in the moment, be thinking about where's this moment taking me and what role do I have to alter that from this direction going to that direction. Now, inevitably, you're going to get thrown off. God is sovereign. You know, you're going to strive for something and perhaps not achieve it. Things that get in our way are people. People are going to mess up our plans. Circumstances are going to mess up our plans. And as we see in the life of Abraham, sometimes God messes up our plans. You know, he gives him a newborn and says his child is going to be great and, you know, he's going to cover the globe. And then God says, all right, now I want you to sacrifice him. So sometimes it will seem like God is in God's way. So those things happen, but other people have had that happen. And they're 10 years ahead of you. And they've already had people in circumstances and God himself sort of mess up what they thought God wanted for them. So what did they do? Did they handle it badly? A lot of them do. Okay, are they bitter? Is that where you want to go 10 years from now? Frankly, I don't. But they've also had those same problems, but they've handled them remarkably well. And um, and on this, I'll I'll kind of wrap this up. But I remember when I was in Bible college, I met some remarkably godly people among the faculty. And then every great once in a while, one of their kids would go bad and end up in the newspaper, the police patter in the Mm -hmm. newspaper. And it was remarkably embarrassing. And because I went to Bible college a little later than the average student, I had a good rapport with these guys because I wasn't their age, but I was closer than most of the students. And so I would get together with them over coffee or lunch and just ask them gently what's going on, what, what this is like. And yeah, I remember some of them saying they seriously considered stepping down from being a pastor maybe or, or from teaching at the Bible college just because of the stain that this brought. But they listened to other people and they decided that that wouldn't change anything and only further hurt their ministry. So they stayed with it and, you know, they told everybody what was going on and such. And I tell you, I learned as much from one of those coffee conversations as I did in a 15-week class. Mm. You know, it's like, wow. So if that happens to me someday, how will I handle it? Mm. Well, at least I'm practicing the wisdom of Proverbs 14, 15. I'm, I'm looking ahead and saying, okay, what's the consequence of this and how can I best handle this? And, you know, Moses, I can look to him and David and and Nehemiah, but I can also think back to this professor or this pastor and say, boy, he did that. I I still remember that and the impression that made on me. I want to do what he did or I I don't want to do what he did. And so what's a better way to handle this? I like this picture that you're giving us of looking at someone who is further along in the faith and they are more mature in the faith than you are, and you see how they persevere through trials. You see how they go through difficulties, even things that are not difficult, but as you said, yeah, success or just growing spiritually. You see them disciplining themselves for the purpose of godliness. And so you look at someone who's a prayer warrior in your church and you say, I want to be like that. I want to look look at that person. And you're not going to necessarily find that with your peers in college. 
looking at those who are 10, 20, maybe 50 years older than you and, and watching, asking them, how did you get to that point? I, I think that is wise. And I also like what you said of seeing someone who responds in a negative way. It responds badly to a situation. And you use the example of bitterness. And that is such a, a great picture for us to see and say, I don't want to get there. So how do I walk biblically in a way that honors God so that, that I don't grow into that bitterness? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just thinking about Twitter. I mean, for every one guy that tweets a happy thought, there's like 20 guys tweeting something bitter or nasty, mm-hmm. uh, especially guys that, and I say guys in the New England, men and women, uh, who have wandered from the faith, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're in the pastorate, they're in the Christian culture, the bitterness is just rampant out there. And, you know, as the old saying goes, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, you know, if, if it's mean, it gets hits. And it's just it's sad, especially mm-hmm. in the church. In the world, yeah, expect that. But within the Christian context, just kind of sad to see where we are today regarding social media. But, yeah, I, social media is great. It, it's not the tool itself. It's just what we're doing with it. But what can you expect from sinners? But you can certainly learn a lot about people. From, you sure can. From that. Yeah. Another thing that that's really helpful, I think, when you talk about the wisdom of looking ahead, I think of Psalm ninety, verse twelve, where he says, "So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom." And I, oh, I think good. that's an aspect of looking ahead is numbering our days, recognizing I'm one step closer to heaven than I was yesterday. Yeah. So each day that I'm moving forward, if if I'm looking ahead like that, that is wise. That yeah, that's a, I should have thought of that, Matt. That that's a great that's a great passage. So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So that verse right there is an anticipatory verse. It's saying the end game is to present to God a heart of wisdom, and we do that by asking God to teach us cause us to know or better understand our days, to number our days, to realize that just as I did go through my 20s and 30s and 40s and 60s, and who knows, Lord willing, I'll I'll go through my 70s and 80s, it is going to end. And so all of our days are numbered. So knowing that, now it's up to us to number our days, to be cognizant of that and realize that, and to say, clock is running here, the sand is going through. How can I best redeem the time, to quote Ephesians and Paul? And I think one of the pieces, this is far from the only piece, but one of the pieces to answer that question is by looking ahead and just realizing, you know, I used to would counsel couples. uh, I mean, there's an anticipatory adventure doing marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, I should say. I would ask, especially the husband, the the groom-to-be, and I would just say, so, Something happens to her, say in your first year of marriage, she, she has this terminal illness, or you get an auto accident. How are you going to handle that? You know, I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I'm just asking, have, have you thought about that? Let's just start there. Have you thought what would happen if that happened to you? And most of them hadn't. I mean, who wants to think about that when you're getting ready to get married? But my job is to sort of bring in stuff that you're not thinking about. So money, how you're going to handle a, you know, a budget, and these kinds of things that, that you know young couples in love aren't really thinking that much about. And even if they, they give me the, a road answer, oh, I still love her, you know. Okay, yeah, fine. Who knows what's going to really happen? I mean, that's a great answer. But at least I made him think about it. So when he leaves here, 
I've got him anticipating the consequences. I've got him looking ahead thinking, boy, what would I do? How much am I in love with her looks? And how much am I just in love with her? Because I love her and I want to serve her. And, you know, I want to glorify Christ in our relationship, you know. So that's another opportunity to help someone to anticipate the consequences and, and to think ahead. And we need outsiders to help us do that because we just, we're fallen and we don't have that kind of insight, I don't think. So again, going back to what you just said, that's me helping him and her to number their days so that they may present a marriage or a family or a heart of wisdom. That is something that, that we don't think about is um, looking ahead, the importance of looking ahead. And even as you were describing this, how the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian church, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what we want to do. We want to find people who are walking in godliness and are, are going through difficult times, going through success, and we have real-life examples to follow. So thanks for that reminder, Jim. Thank you, Matt. Again, thank yeah. you for, for dropping by. I, I enjoyed this. This was fun. We'll do it again. Um, I hope so. You've got a PhD, and there's some things that we probably want to dig into about your studies that maybe we'll talk about next time. Okay. I, I would look forward to that as well. Thanks for listening to the RCF podcast. If you'd like more information on Rody Christian Fellowship, you can visit us at rodiefellowship.com or Find us on Instagram at Rody Fellowship.